Soccer player Georgie Best played for Manchester United many years ago. He came to fame and fortune early, but lived a fast and reckless life. And he said this later on in life after losing all of his fortunes to uh, alcoholism. He said, I spent my money on booze, women, and fast cars, and the rest I just squandered. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, that, that's very ecclesiastical. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I'm Taylor. Uh, yeah, and I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth and terrible quotes. In the in, noise. In the noise. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Enjoying the lack of snow. Yes, I indeed. like snow, but I'm not really ready to have a relationship with snow. <laughs> it's just fine. <laughs> You're not ready to commit. I'm not. I'm not ready to commit. Uh, no, no. Snow. Snow is great, but it should go away <laughs> with the appropriate seasonal change. Wow, this metaphor turned quickly. It, it did. It did. <laughs> Wait, what are, we, what are we talking about? This is our last episode on our series, Soul Care. Talking about moolah, Ooh, money. But that's not in either the Old or the New Testament Bible verses that we've been referencing. The love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and mind, money. money. Mind and money, is that how it goes? <laughs> that's an interesting translation you have there. Uh, we just thought about uh, what are things that we need to pay attention to, especially you often think about this as the years turn to a new year. So we thought, boy, taking care of ourselves and paying attention to our financial world yep. does have impact and influence in the rest of our lives. So we thought, let's give an episode to just helping people kind of think through how do I treat and handle money to make sure yeah. it's in a godly way. And again, we're not anti-money. We just recognize money is a tool that really ma it really matters on how we use the tool and, 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 and what we utilize it to do. I think money is a great revealer of our idols Mm -hmm. um, our worry and our anxiety. My, uh, my father, who's a, who's a minister, he said that um, most of his marriage counseling, whenever it comes to people, falls into um, two categories, sex and money, um, usually because there's not enough of both. And that's <laughs> yeah. funny, but it also does touch on the power uh, that money can have over us if we allow it. Yeah, Brian Buffini says, when it comes to money, many people avoid it and I would add to that, or terribly mismanage it. Yeah, that's good. And then other people worship it, and both uh, things are wrong. If you avoid it or terribly mismanage it, then you don't have a plan, and you kind of stick your head in the sand and just think, okay, it's gonna be fine. It's like the lady in poverty who once told me, I quit my job so I could find one with more hours. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 you're really struggling right now. You need all the hours you can get. But sometimes we just mismanage money, yeah. but sometimes we worship it. You know, most parts of the, wor of the world use the word almighty in front of God. And what do we do here in America? It's the almighty, almighty dollar. dollar. <laughs> so we have some issues here and we can uh, treat money poorly either way. And we have a prosperity gospel, which is rooted up in many churches. That's really about worshiping money. God becomes the means to the end of right. a better life. So... 
uh, money is like fire. It can warm your house and cook your food, or it can burn your house to the ground. It just depends how you manage it. First Timothy 6 says, For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Not the root of all evil. Correct. But a root to all kinds of evil. Again, money in and of itself is not an evil, wicked, terrible, horrendous thing. It's a tool. The question is, how are you using it? Yeah, you think about those kinds of evil, cheating, jealousy, stealing, oppression, slavery, murder. Money can lead to all of those things, but it can also lead to wonderful things. So the question we want to ask today is, what does the Bible say about money? Because, God, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, no. Well, the Bible doesn't, never talks about it, really. It, it, it's one of those things. It, it never talks about, the Bible never talks about religion, politics, or money, right? <laughs> doesn't talk about those things. That's why we don't often oh, talk about it. Well, it oh, maybe that's just because we don't like talking about it that much. That's fair. The Bible talks a lot about money, or I should say uh, the Bible speaks to a lot of topics and conversations about money because God really does care with how we spend it, not because, again, not because spending money's bad, but what it reveals about our hearts, what we consider to be important. Um, one of my favorite verses is where your treasure lies. That's mm. where your heart is also. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to read from Deuteronomy 26, and then we want to give you several principles to, to kind of hang your hats on today. Deuteronomy 26, when you have entered the land of the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in office at the time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God. My father was a wandering Arminian. He went into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery toil and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. I, I love that God gives his people a, a thought and a, a way of life about here's how you handle your stuff. Here's yeah. what you do with it. And you have these first fruits. And so the first principle we want to give to you is to give sacrificially. And we have this idea of the first fruits. And so in some ways it would be easier if we did not get a direct deposit for our uh, paycheck and, right. and you actually had apples that you were putting in a basket. Yep. And, and the idea is you fill up that first basket and then you take it and you give it. 
Yeah. And then you go back and start picking the next basket. Mm. And oftentimes, what would you say the order of it is when you think about like giving and saving and spending, how, what's the order that it normally goes in force? Probably spending. <laughs> Definitely, because mm-hmm. we have things that we got to take care of. We have bills yep. that we have to pay. We immediately jump into the, if you will, survival mode. Yep. What do I need to live? We start there. Yeah. Yep. And then what goes next? See, this is where it gets a little bit tricky. Um, as a Christian, our, my order is already different, right? But I would see that the most of the world would actually go to savings then. Mm-hmm. That we're going we're gonna to spend first, we're going to save. And then third isn't necessarily giving to God, but maybe charity. Mm-hmm. May, yeah. may, may be a helpful organization. Um, we actually see this in a lot of corporations where they're like, oh, by the way, we're donating a surplus of our money to these organizations as if businesses are moral entities. Yeah. Yeah. But what I think happens if if you had $10, then I think what our society often does is we spend 11 and we have nothing to give <laughs> or to save. And because I think people live with a lot of guilt and a lot yep. of fear and anxiety because they don't have anything saved and they're not able to give to the organizations and places that they would like to give right. because they've overspent. So we tend to give God leftovers if there's any leftover. And yeah. God says, no, 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 that's the wrong way about it. Right. It shouldn't be the last thing. It should be the first thing. Exactly. All right. So is everybody loving the money talk so far? You know what? You hear that? What, what, what did you hear? That's the sound of us losing listeners. <laughs> but that, but, but, but in all honesty, even, even me going through this topic, I, I sense a bit of defensiveness. I, I immediately say things like, but you don't know my circumstances. Or, hey, but I'm going through a really tough time. And while there may be some validity, giving sacrificially to God, that, that there's, that, that's a healthy practice. And the order that God gives us is not because he's trying to be um, – a, a divine dictator over our finances, but rather the world is messed up. The world is sinful and fallen, and, and so are we. And even in salvation, we're still working working through some stuff. So these principles are, are really, really helpful. I yeah. Think. So I have a question for you. What sacrificial, God-honoring act of generosity have you greatly regretted? Uh, well, there was this, <laughs> no. Um, oh, there, no, no. But this one time, no. Oh, it's a trick question. It's a uh, trick question. Boy, we just don't regret when we give to honor God. Um, so number one is to give sacrificially. Number two is to give joyfully. Does that sound strange? Um, yes, unless you think that joy isn't a choice, which I do. I see joy as you're deciding to be joyful. You are deciding um, that you're going to respond in a certain way to the circumstances. Yeah. I love Deuteronomy 26 when it says, hey, remember the story. Remember of how I saved you. And when we remember God's goodness in our lives, then it does give us great joy to give because we're remembering, hey, what I have, it's all by God's grace anyway. And yep. that brings me joy. So to give it is to participate in what God is already wanting to do on this earth. So when we give our money to God, we're participating, and that brings, again, like you said, our treasure uh, links up with our heart yep. when we give in that way. The story of the rich young ruler, do you remember how the rich young ruler, he rejected Jesus? He was doing everything right, mm-hmm. and Jesus said, hey, but there's this one thing I yep. want you to do. I want you to go sell everything you've got and give it to the poor. Jesus did not tell all of his followers to do that same thing. No, he did not. But I think he knew what was standing in the way between this 
person following God, yeah. and it was his money. And Jesus says, so you got to go do this, give it to the poor, and then follow me, yeah. you know, come after me. Do you remember how he walks away? If I remember, discouraged. Yeah, yeah, like downcast, yeah. sadness. And that really is what happens when someone rejects God's plan for money and decides to keep it. Now, maybe not in that initial moment, but if we find out anything about seeing about the lives of the rich, it's that the rich actually does not bring happiness. No, I think it was, uh, I think it was in a sermon that you were doing um, a while back where you said, all right, let's look at the actual um, average income mm-hmm. and let's see how much people give to charities or donations based on that income. And you look at poverty, not a whole lot of giving, but you look at middle class, um, a good a good portion of them are doing charitable donations, givings, tithing, offerings, however you want to look at it. But then you get to the elite, if you will, or the very wealthy, the very affluent, and their giving is either equal to or less than those in poverty. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that statistic and it blew my mind because I was like, but you're rolling in the dough. Why would you not think I should give more? And that's because more money doesn't mean more giving mm-hmm. because you begin to find your security and your safety within finances within a steady income and a surplus of income uh, for that matter. Yeah. So we can give joyfully. My friend, Steve Chapman from Chicago. Hey, Steve, if you're listening, uh, he says that financial stewardship is less about how much than it is about how. Ooh. And I really like that. That is good. And so my, I had, I had two friends yesterday who stopped by Panera after shoveling snow for our food (laughs) pantry, stopped by to get a bowl of soup or something. And they noticed Uh, a man who was in front of them who appeared to be homeless Mm -hmm. and they were like, we're going to, we're going to snag his meal for him. And before they could, he turned around to them and said, Hey, I've got this gift card. It's got way more on it than I will spend. Can I buy your meal for you? Wow. It was a really cool moment for them. That's so cool. So, but, 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 but isn't that, isn't that like what the gospel is though? Like we have, and we want to share, but then at the same time, we don't know what other people have and they may want to share with us. And that's, that's, that's such a cool moment. though. Oh man. Don't you want to live in that community? Yeah. But if we're not careful, we'll say things like, Oh, see God knew our heart. So he rewarded us Mm -hmm. by having us not give. Yeah. That's a weird, that's a weird thing. So, so number one, we give sacrificially. Number two, we give joyfully. What's number three? Graciously. We give Mm -hmm. graciously. Uh, verse 12 and following command uh, the people to give also to the foreigners, to the widow, to the orphan. And this command is repeated throughout Scripture. James says, uh, true, religion, true religion is this, to look after orphans, orphans and, and widows, widows in their distress. And you can almost hear the farmer say, but this harvest is mine. I'm not sharing it. And God says, is it really yours? You want to bet? <laughs> Who made the land? Who made the seed, the water, the sun, the soil? Who made you to, who gave you the ability to work it? Yeah. The strong back, the muscles, the arms, the legs, Man, the animals. this is very Job-esque. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So God says, I gave it all to you, and you are just a steward of my gifts to you. So give back. Don't, don't get greedy with it. Giving graciously acknowledges our dependence upon God, upon one another. And I think when we give graciously, that's, that is like the medicine against greed and selfishness that just curses our society so much. 
Now, if you're listening to this, uh, you may have this kind of weird, instinctual, American patriotic reaction saying, that sounds like socialism. But it's not. We see throughout the Old and the New Testament that God says, hey, take care of those who are less fortunate. Help those who are struggling. Um, again, as you mentioned earlier, the foreigner, the orphan, the widow, the downcast, we, we are going to help people. But we do it out of the goodness of our heart and because we love our neighbor as ourselves. Socialism demands that, but with a gun pointed to your head and uh, tax issues if you don't listen, where the government takes control of everything. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about loving our neighbor as ourselves financially. Exactly. When, when you really want to help somebody, uh, there's kind of this law of circles and that if somebody is trapped in poverty or is in need, even emotionally or on, on any level, the person who can help them the most is the person closest to them. Yeah. And so ideally, that's the, it, that's the family member helping the other family member or the close friend helping the close friend. And if there's no one in that circle who can help, then you kind of see that that's the church family then helping them at yeah. that point. And, and that may fall into the same first circle. And if that doesn't work, then maybe it's an organization in that local city or town or area. And it kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and, and maybe there's a government safety net. And by the way, I'm okay with that without embracing socialism. We yep. can do that because Deuteronomy 26 is a system it is. to help people, a, a kind of a safety net. But that should be the last yeah. system in place to help. And so really what we wanted to accomplish today was to help us personally work through managing our money so it doesn't manage us. The best simple advice I've got is with your money that you give first you save next and you live off the rest. Make Andy Stanley, I heard that from him years ago, and it just works when you read through the Proverbs and you read through the scriptures, that all of those are key principles. Yeah. If you do them in that order, that's the way God created things to be at their best. I, I remember my, my father telling the story of how my grandfather, whenever he gave them their allowance, he gave them 10 dimes and a tithing envelope. Mm. Um, now, we're not going to get into the whole tithing 10% offering. Not, yeah, yeah. That's not the conversation. Yeah. Um, I like the principle, though. The idea is it's already divided for you. Mm -hmm. Here's 10 dimes. One dime goes into the offering. One dime you have to put back. Now you have eight dimes mm -hmm. that you get to deal with. Well, take that now to a paycheck. You divide it into tenths. 10% 10 goes to wherever. 10% goes into savings. And then you live off the 80%. I know that's a practical thing that my wife and I do. And thankfully, we have automated systems where our tides are automatically kind of mm -hmm. taken out, mm -hmm. adjusted based on our income and stuff and offering, which is wonderful. But this really is the most basic biblical principle. This is not a get rich fast scheme, right? Mm -hmm. And this also isn't, oh, by the way, do this and you'll, you won't have any financial woes. Mm -hmm. that, that's not what this is. This is, hey, how does your handling of money reveal where your heart is with God? and what you consider to be important, and maybe, hopefully, finding some idols. This episode was hard for me, to be perfectly honest. We're going through some weird financial stuff right now because of um, some, some health issues inside and having to do a lot more than expected. Yeah. Um, but, the principles, but the principles are there for a reason, Yeah. and they are beneficial. Yeah. Years ago, I was sitting in a, a finance committee meeting with the church, and uh, it was brought to our attention that there was a, a, a kid from the church who is making an online payment that was so small that our fee <laughs> that we incur by processing those payments was like 
fifty to seventy percent of oh. their gift. I mean, it was like it was like <laughs> it was like it really was like one dollar being withheld. Wow. Um, and they said, should we like mention something to them? And I was like, no, no. absolutely not. I will personally pay for that if you feel bad about it. Yeah. But we are not going to discourage this kid. And and they were like, oh yeah 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 yeah, you're right. And I was like, we want to build givers, and people have this heart with yeah. giving because it's about the how, not the how much that that we care about here. So yeah. parents. This is an opportunity to talk to your kids when they get that some chore money or get some money for, you know, raking some leaves yep. this spring. Talk about, okay, how do, how do you think God wants you to, yep. to manage this money? So let's echo this back. Money is like fire. It can warm us or burn our house to the ground. The Bible teaches us to give sacrificially, joyfully, and graciously. Our giving will be limited unless we see how much God has given to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Giving is all through the pages of the Bible. It's at the heart of God. And that's why uh, we love giving. And as people of God, we realize that God has created us to give and that aligns our hearts with his. So let's be people who give. Generosity always beats greed. Absolutely. I'm Taylor. I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise. Blessings.